0: hello everybody and welcome back to the cold hard truth nfl podcast i'm your host anish gupta and i'm your host shriekara gender i can't believe the nfl season has already flew by um we're on the last week and i think this is the first time since we've done this that both our teams are in the playoffs i think every year that we've done this it's only been like one and jack's team has never made it so it's it's either been it's either been the niners or the Browns this year, both are in. So nice. it that's awesome. We'll obviously love to see it. one, one had a way easier path to get there. Another had four different quarterbacks and a bunch of injuries, but that's okay. The Niners are obviously at the top of their game right now and uh, have been all year pretty much. Uh, so we'll go, we'll go, I guess, start, you know what, we'll stay, we'll stay with the Niners. I, I know I had a different topic list, but we'll, we'll start it with the Niners since we're talking about them. I, I, I kind of top, you know, made it as a name of who can dethrone the Niners in the NFC because honestly, I look at the standings and like, it's so like, I, if I'm being brutally honest, I have no idea. <laughs> like they are, I mean, they've, they've basically ravaged through the NFC. Their only one, I think their only loss was to Minnesota. Um, yeah, I think that was the only loss to an NFC opponent the other three were literally all to the AFC North. So like, you know, the like the Niners have looked pretty remarkable against NFC competition. They destroyed Philadelphia, put a 42 on them. They destroyed Dallas, put a 42 on them. And I think if they were to play Detroit, they would destroy them and maybe put 42 on them. Um, so I'll let you start since you are obviously the Niners fan. Um, who do you th- like if you were, if there's one team in the NFC, you don't want to play,
1: who would it be? Uh, Pretty easily, it's the Rams. It's like one quiet thing that's kind of just been fleeting my mind, but I do not want to play L.A. Um, And it's not because of 2021. It's it's nothing like that. And I think the Rams definitely are better than their record shows. I've been saying it all year. Like, they're 9-7, and but they're playing like they're, like, you know, 12-4. and Like, I think they're really good. Um, Matthew Stafford, definitely a top three QB in the NFC this season uh, if we're going off this season alone. Um, and you could argue even higher than that. To be honest, I think Stafford's really balled out. But I mean, you look at Dallas. Honestly, I'd be a little bit scared considering that Dallas is kind of just due to beat us at some point. Like we can't keep <laughs> beating Dallas in the playoffs. And that that's just not going to continue. Uh, onage is onage, but I feel like with the with the history of Dallas and SF, like things just don't run that way. So superstitious kind of, but I'd I'd be a little worried about seeing Dallas. Uh, I'm not really worried about Detroit, especially considering it would be an SF. Um, and if you get pressure on Jared Goff, you can he'll he'll turn it over, and Niners obviously will capitalize on that. Tampa Bay, I'm not scared of. We already beat them this season. I think if they came to Levi's, we beat them again. Um, Philly, NSF. I'd I'd pick the Niners, the Rams, knowing the nature of divisional games. The Niners did see Seattle last year uh, for the third meeting, and they absolutely crushed them. But Seattle still made it interesting in that first half. So I think just the nature of divisional games, too, could factor into the Rams being the biggest threat. Um, and then with Green Bay, it's just I I think if Jordan Love came to Levi's, it'll be a Niner win. So that basically covers it. <laughs> I kind of just went through all the teams. But out of all those, I think the Rams and the Cowboys are honestly the biggest threats here.
0: Yeah, so we're going to see the matchup obviously Rams Niners, Wentz versus Darnold. For all the OG viewers, I don't think you understand how excited I am for this game. You could I literally got told in like five different group chats that I'm going to be the only person who cares about this game and I 100% agree. It's going to be well, it's going to be me and Jack, but yeah, we're the only two people that probably even care about this more than Niners fans. So, I cannot believe we're going to see a Carson Wentz Darnold <laughs> Sam Darnold game in 2024, but Uh, We're here. Yeah. So you kind of took it, took everything I wanted to say. I mean, I've been pretty high on the Rams all year. Uh, I said, you know, like, or I think that the teams that the Niners should be scared of, uh, rightfully so, you know, prior to even the Ravens game was Baltimore, Buffalo, and the Rams for me. Uh, And, you know, I got a little bit of pushback earlier from that. Just because, you know, the whole, oh, Shanahan owns McVay and, you know, you know where I stand on that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll touch on the Rams a little bit. This is like, I, I think Sean McVay in any other year would win coach of the year for what he's doing. Like, this is insane what he's been able to do with the roster like this. Makeshift O-line, um, obviously two fifth round picks that are just going crazy and Kyron and Puka on a game to game basis. Uh, Their guards have been phenomenal. And Steve Avila, who's a rookie, and then Dotson, who's come in from like Pittsburgh and all these different places. And, you know, he's shined. Uh, Havenstein's been great. No boom's even been good. I've had my fair doubts with him. And then their defense has been playing really, it's been, it's been up and down for sure. But uh, when push comes to shove and when they absolutely need it, they've, they've kind of been lights out. So, Um, that's kind of my take on like the Rams as a whole. And then as for why I think they can beat them. Well, for one, they've done it in the playoffs. Like at least that's like there, you know, and some of those teammates are still on the roster. Uh, and I think for the Rams to go play SF, right. You know, there's familiarity, right. And this is an offense that can give SF some trouble, at least on the outside. Obviously you'll hear Niner fans just, you know talk about Traverius Ward all day and fine. He's had a decent year. Um, but More than decent. All right. Let's, let's put some respect I'm, on Mooney Ward's I'm, name right now. I'm just going to say decent, but yeah, like I think, I think he can be had with, with the receivers that they have because he was had in the, in the game earlier. But um, yeah, I think the Rams would be the num- my number one threat. And I think, I think they win round one regardless. And I probably just ink them, but like if either, if it's Dallas or, or Detroit, I think, Dallas I'm a little bit scared about, but Detroit I think they would win. So I'm really hoping they actually do keep that 6 seed. And I, odds are I think they're they're going to play SF because if they do win because SF plays the lowest seed and I think they will be that. So that's probably you know I think the matchup that we will see and I'm really hoping for it. Um and then as for Dallas, here's what I think. If if it does come down to Niners Dallas in the NFC Championship, I think it would be so funny that because if SF wins, here's how they would have here's how their last three playoff runs would have been. They beat Dallas in the wild card in 2021. They beat Dallas in the divisional in 2022. And, and then they the beat NFC Dallas in Champions. the championship. I think that's like, if that, ha- I think that's how it's going to happen. I-, I just feel like that narrative is going to come out. Um, but like schematically, and if I really want to go in depth, I think Dallas would also be out of any of the division winners. It would be Dallas. Like, I, CD will give them fits. He always has. Um, the only problem is they can't get the run game going. Like, if, if they had... If they had like Zeke before, you know, COVID, if they just had that version of Zeke, God, this would have been such a better matchup because like then the night or the Cowboys could have chewed clock. But for them, they're so CD dependent uh, that it just makes it really hard. And Tony Pollard's is just not a one. I, I think we were, you know, sadly mistaken. Anybody who thought that just didn't work out this year so. Yeah, I think, and then obviously no Trayvon Diggs. So there's, I just think Dallas will get outclassed by SF. I think the Rams are really the only NFC threat. Um, barring a major collapse from SF, I think we're we're pretty much going to see them in the Super Bowl. Uh, so I think we can move on to that. Just, you know, how mad I am at the NFC. I was told that the AFC was weaker, by the way. And I, I think that's like Completely stupid, like that. They're is so
1: they're stupid. deeper, but in terms of the top teams, I I take the NFC. I
0: I think SF is the only one that would match up with with any of the top teams in the AFC. Like I I don't think. I mean, you saw Dallas get killed by Buffalo. Eagles got bailed by Buffalo. I mean, I I think the Browns would honestly match up pretty well with any of these. Obviously, the Chiefs on any given Sunday can be really good or really bad, but that's just my take on it. But we'll we'll stick with the Ravens here. Obviously, you know they just killed Miami thanks a lot Miami I needed Miami to win for the Browns obviously they didn't they hung up what I think 56 I literally stopped watching the game after the the Ricard touch. I was like all right dude it's over <laughs> it's over like yeah I think they won like 56 to like 13 or something I, I mean the the games the game flow it was really weird because Miami was marching up and down the first quarter and then it just stopped like then it, they just got in their own way so you know once Baltimore had that then they just capitalized and obviously I want to center this more on Lamar rather than Baltimore. So Lamar Jackson was like 18 and 21. He had like 300 something yards and five touchdowns. Obviously the yards per attempt was insane. The touchdowns were insane. The completion percentage. So the stats will wow you right for this game. Um, and now he's like minus 20,000 or something to win MVP. So I think it's pretty much a lock I'll start. I don't think I would give it to him. Like I, I just think I would still give it to CMC if I really did have a vote, Um, it's tough. It's tough to say. I I think, you know, the last two games have just, with this MVP race, since it's so tight, right? One game here or there can sway it. Like even last year, remember Hertz and Mahomes? Hertz just got hurt and he couldn't even prove his case. And then Mahomes just kind of took it at the end because he had some stellar performances. So, uh, you know, I think for the MVP, it's just kind of a game to game basis right now. And yeah, Lamar, when, you know, you needed it most for MVP, Destroyed the Niners on, with good efficiency, and then he killed Miami, another good team, for the one seed. So I think that's just going to go in his favor. But I think if we're looking at the full season, right, uh, I would give it to Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure you have the stats pulled up. But yeah, I mean, I was looking at it. If you really want to box score it, yeah, Lamar's not going to wow you on the year. I think he has like 19. I don't even think he has 20 touchdowns on the year. He might have eclipsed it with this game. But yeah, I, I just don't think, you know, the numbers or anything wow you you could say, right, since they they have the best record in the league and he's playing pretty well, right, you can give it to him. But if I had a vote, I would probably still give it to McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I think with Lamar, the, the MVP race this year is just so interesting because of out of all the years I've seen in football, this is the year that you give it to a running back. And um, I actually saw some, someone in a group chat kind of, pose this question on if there should be a co-MVP and you give it to Lamar and CMC um, to kind of erase the stigma around, you know, running back being a a QB award. And I actually disagree because I actually think the stigma would get worse because that just makes it to to, to some people. I I don't know if anyone's going to feel this way, but if you look at a co-MVP, you know, you're going to ask, what does it take for a running back to just win MVP? It just kind of feels like you just threw him in there just so people can feel satisfied with Christian McCaffrey getting MVP. But I just don't think a co-MVP would make any sense. Um, but yeah, with my vote, I won't beat around the bush. I'd give it to CMC. Um, again, yeah, I agree. Lamar won't wow you with the numbers. He's been really efficient this year. But when you you know compare this with the 2019 year, it's just it's not nearly the same. Like not at all. And I I just feel like that really shouldn't be a factor. But in a in a MVP race that's so weak on QBs, I just don't feel it makes sense to, you know, not reward CMC, a guy who has 2000 scrimmage yards who, you know, has literally just been the engine to this Niner offense. As much as we want to say it's Brock, I mean, CMC also kind of just this is this is a Shanahan scheme. And it's really dependent on a running back. And now that you have a true workhorse in there who played all 16 games and, you know, really dominated, I think it's safe to say that he really kind of just makes the offense go. Um, So I I think, yes, Lamar definitely deserves his credit. He definitely deserves, you know, whatever may be coming his way. But yeah, I personally just, I wouldn't give it to him. I'd toss my vote to McCaffrey. I think it's tough because it's like, I
0: I would, I would give it to McCaffrey. And I think fine. You, I will say this with Lamar in his 2019 year. Like, I think the reason why he won it that year was, yeah, the stats were by far, I think like the best. And also they were just running away with the league in the regular season. Like it wasn't even close. They won literally 12 straight from week four. Like they were just running. It was, it was pretty clear this season. I think like they've, they've had some shoe ins and then, I think the biggest thing for Lamar this year, which obviously doesn't go into MVP voting, but just for me when I'm evaluating him, you know, I've always been, you know, people think I'm like a Lamar hater or whatever. I I don't think like, I don't think I am. I just, I would knock him a lot for, you know, a couple things like the deep dropbacks and then just flat out like wobblers and ducks that he'll throw. He's improved on that so much this year, if you really watch the tape and then like the deep dropbacks are just a given with mobile QBs, but like the the accuracy on throws over the middle is vastly improved. And I think Todd Munkin should really get some credit for this because now they're running plays with three wide receivers instead of three tight ends like that's the biggest that was the biggest thing I mentioned when they were getting Todd Munkin more spread less tight and power so. Now you're getting Lamar actual speed guys who can get open versus big tight ends who are just going to kind of get you four or five yards over the middle. So that's why you see this, like the playbook open up so much. And, you know, as a result of it, you're seeing, you know, big time performances from some of these receivers. They flowers Odell Rashad Bateman had a couple of big plays last week. So, you know, that's just kind of how it's working. Obviously, no Mark Andrews. You're even going to see more of that, right? And likely is kind of that downfield threat. He's a big guy, but he's fast, so you know you're going to see more of that. Uh, I think that's the biggest case to Lamar, at least for me. And then for CMC, yeah, I, I wouldn't even argue this is close to his 2019 season. I think that one was more deserving of an, of an MVP than this. Um, but so it's ironic that both the the uh, what do you call it the like the candidates' best years flipped, 2019, yeah, 2019, but it's it's now here, so. Um, yeah, I don't even think he won offensive player of the year. I think Michael Thomas did. So I don't know how they'll do offensive player of the year. I think it really sucks because I think if Tyreek hit 2000, I think we would have had for sure an MVP in Tyreek, but you know, obviously other variables, injury, just missing games during the game. It just happened like that. So I think that's kind of it. I think we'd both agree. Yeah. CMC would be the MVP, but uh, Lamar, I'm not going to really be mad at it. I, I it's hard to really say if he's been the best quarterback this year. I really do think you were saying Stafford is a top three MVP or quarterback in the NFC. I think he has a case for being the best QB all year, just because of like me too. Yeah, I I I think he really has a case um, for that. Josh can be thrown in there too, but yeah, there's been no quarterback that's just been you know right here. You know what
1: I mean? I think if Josh if Josh had like less, you know, a little bit less turnovers, I actually think he might have been a shoe in. MVP, he has especially. way better
0: stats than lamar by the way aside from the turnovers, way better not- and
1: this whole second half run would have boosted his case like crazy yeah so.
0: yeah if they had, yeah if they had like maybe ran the table beat philly right
1: yeah nah, i think that would have that would have boosted it but
0: um i think yeah that's kind of where we stand uh, honestly yeah i would you know i think Allen might be my two if i'm being honest or maybe even my one i didn't talk much about josh but yeah i, I think cmc would be a slight favorite but it is what it is lamar is going to get his second one uh, all right. I think you ready for picks, final week?
1: Yes. Ready? Yep. Heading into the final week of the regular season. Um not much has really changed. Uh Anisha's at 166 wins, I'm at 161. So, that let's for you. I I guess. I'm not. I'm do, not even gonna you try. Differ on five, <laughs> I don't. You know, I never try to force difference. So this is this is just gonna. Remember be no,
0: but hey, situation. remember when I like actually like, differed on five against Jack, and it yeah, happened. and
1: it all hit. Yeah, it was it was actually kind of crazy. But yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and attempt that. Um, just gonna pick the games like I normally do. But this week is kind of interesting with all the backups. There's a lot of you know different variables, a lot of uncertainty there. So let's see. Um, starting with the Saturday slate. Steelers Ravens I mean Mike Tomlin and at least nine wins is just inevitable in the NFL at this point uh, even after a couple of really bad losses to teams like Arizona and New England the Steelers are nine and seven and they still have a shot to make it to the playoffs so um the Ravens you know are looking like the team to beat right now in the AFC but they're gonna sit starters um, I think Mike Tomlin is gonna have his guys ready to capitalize so yeah I, I think the Steelers get to 10 wins uh they'll go into Baltimore they'll beat this Ravens team which will be led by Tyler Huntley it's still gonna be a hard-fought game because Huntley's a really good backup uh, and, and also the Ravens are just that good but give me Pittsburgh this is going to be really funny. You know, if they win, they would
0: have swept Baltimore despite them being, you know, 13 and four. That's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I think here's the thing. So obviously, you know, we're not fearful of the Steelers. I think most of the NFL world isn't. But Steeler Nation and the Steelers are thinking to themselves, hey, OK, in the two starts in Mason Rudolph, we're 2-0 and we've had both our best offensive showings. So like, you know, for them, they're probably thinking any given Sunday um and yeah who's to say they can't go on the road again after going to seattle and winning outright why can't we do that again in baltimore Uh, i'll pick uh, pittsburgh as well i think they maybe you know
1: get it done in that sense and you know keep themselves alive all right and the night game on saturday obviously a lot at stake in the afc south this coming week playoff scenarios just all over the place the texans and the colts in indy who you got Now this, so there's two games I really want to see. And
0: obviously they put both of them on the respective prime times. It's this one and Miami Buffalo. This one is tough. Like this one is really tough. So last time it was in Houston week four, Anthony Richardson went berserk in the first quarter. And then he had the AC joint injury, which kept him out for the year. But they were up like 14-0 or something and Minshew kind of carried it through. So you're basically looking, like, let's spend some, thought. you're basically looking at two teams here, both, uh, I think they're same record, nine and nine seven. and seven, yes. mm-hmm. right. And, you know, Houston's got pretty much everybody back except Tank Dell uh, and some defensive pieces. Uh, and then Indy's pretty much got everyone back except obviously Anthony Richardson. So you're looking at two pretty, you know, evenly matched teams. I I think the X factor for Houston is obviously, you know, Stroud, right? Like if Stroud does well, they're going to, you know, they're going to kind of get, uh, honestly, like maybe not beat them like as much as like a blowout, but I think they would do pretty well. Um, And then as for Indy, your X factor is I think the mix of Minshew and Taylor. (sighs) This one is tough. I think right now my gut is telling me Houston I just feel like, you know, the narratives around it would go pretty crazy for Stroud to do that. Um, Yeah, that's kind of what my gut is saying, but uh, this one's
1: tough. Yeah, with the way like both of these teams have played at their best, I think this game is definitely a toss up. Um, The Colts are early one and a half point favorites. I well, you get three at home. So I, I, I can't help but agree. But I mean, yeah, the Colts offense has gotten a lot of attention and Rightfully so. Uh, obviously, the job done by Shane Steichen, Gardner Minshew. I also think the defense is just not getting the credit it deserves. Um, this defense has been really solid. And I'm, I'm going to pick the Colts at home here. Um, the okay. defense, strong ground game. I, I think they get to 10 wins and potentially uh, get that AFC South title pending what happens with the Jags. Well, um, so Stroud threw for 384-2 and they lost
0: but i think a lot of that was garbage time that was garbage
1: time yeah yeah yeah. um
0: yeah i do yeah yeah i do remember that a little bit but like i mean hey you think i mean if he does that again to win it this time man i wish i wish he was like in the mvp talk if he didn't have the concussion
1: yeah the injury hurt him yeah He, he definitely would have been there um obviously i think favorite for the rookie of the year at least so yeah oh uh,
0: it him and puka
1: man that sucks like one of I okay here's the thing i'd personally give it to puka but i think the way the betting odds are it's stroud's gonna be the favorite and i think i think yeah it's tough man I, w- I wish i could give it to
0: both kind of like baker and saquon that year but i think that's how it should have been but is what it is man all right so we're different on this i guess
1: yep let's move on to your browns um <laughs> Uh, Joe Flacco's not playing I, I don't know how many other starters you guys are I mean, you guys have been sitting starters all year technically um, yeah but, uh, who you got who you got playing the Bengals <laughs> this is
0: so you're taking the Bengals
1: you're saying or, oh it's just No, me. no no I was just saying they're playing um, the Bengals
0: yeah so I mean I watched the press conference today so like yeah, we're going to be resting some, but not all because you, there's, since we're so injury depleted, we can't even, like, there's a limit on how many inactives we can have. So, like, we can't even, even if we wanted to, we can't. Like, I think we would just have to, like, suit them up and not play them. I honestly disagree. I think we should, like, with the decision to bench Joe, I think we should have played him for at least a quarter. Because think about it, right? Now going into the wild card, we had already a mini buy from Thursday. So, like, that's two and a half weeks that he hasn't touched a football in, in real time. I'm a little bit skeptical of that, right? Especially because we're going to have to go on the road. I, I personally would have played him a little bit. So I'm, I'm actually really nervous, uh, kind of going in a card weekend now, but, um, yeah, like Bengals have nothing to play for. We're going to be starting Jeff Driscoll. dude. I, I mean, you know what? I'll just take us just because why not? I want to see Jeff, Jeff Driscoll pull out a win. Um, but hey we'll we'll see how it goes I mean yeah I mean since he has nothing to play for but and honestly they shouldn't want to lose for a better draft pick so
1: yeah so the Bengals are four and a half point favorites um makes sense I honestly am gonna go Cleveland as well um, <laughs> <laughs> you know Justin, we would have that means we would have won and made the playoffs with five different quarterbacks yeah uh narrative narrative adds a factor there so yeah just give me give me cleveland here i'll move on very quick (laughs) i i don't think i'll even change i might change that pick but i'll keep it in there for now uh moving on the vikings and the lions in detroit lions are nfc north champs for the very first time and um now you're playing the vikings week 18 pretty bad taste in their mouths after that uh, game against dallas the Lions should be competing for the first seed, but thanks to Brad Allen and his officiating crew and Dan Campbell trying to go for two at, you know, the seven yard line, they're not competing for that anymore. So um, this is in Detroit. The Lions are favored by four and a half. I uh, I don't know what their starter situation is. I'd assume they rest. Are they? I I have no idea um but i think i'll I'll take the lions for now i just got to see whether they're resting starters or not
0: yeah i mean i I wanted to talk about the call a little bit like so we were in a similar situation when we were playing usc and i'm talking about cal by the way so this is a this has been a very common topic and i think in it's been a big analytics discussion. Should you go for two in this scenario or versus going and there's the going for two when you're down 14 big thing, right? So here's one thing for sure. And I think Dan Campbell talked about it. But now kind of being part of the sideline, I've I've i know this now, you know, you're going for two even prior to when the drive starts, like they knew, okay, when we march down, right, it's called right, they run two minute offense, we're running a two minute offense, we score, we are going for two, we're going for the win here, they decide that then not right now so i think the, this decision was always to go for it at the seven i agree is a little bit your your percentage goes down a lot once you're p- plus or when it's plus five so it that one was very iffy uh and obviously they got bailed by the offside but that one was iffy and then you know they had three attempts i think they had three attempts before including the timeout and the timeout if you don't i don't know if you know this notice this but the, the when dan quinn called the timeout they, they were 100% like n- no doubt going to get it unless Laporta has like butter on his hands. They had a perfect leak out by Laporta before the timeout was called and that was going to hit. So, you know, kudos to Nan for that. So yeah, they. I mean, I think they had a world-class play that they should have just honestly ran again, but they changed personnel groups and stuff. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling a bit, but it, it was like a big, you know, decision. And obviously, you know, they, they look back on like the whole eligibility call. I think... I think both reported it, um, but they, they chose to accept seventies, uh, which was not Taylor Decker. So that's why they knocked it off. And yeah, I think the ref referee crew, it's just, I've been saying this, it should be full time refs. I, I I can't understand why the NFL can't do that with all the money they make, you know, go figure. Um, yeah. So Detroit's still playing for the two seed technically if Dallas loses, they probably won't. So I don't know if they'll fully rest, but, or maybe play them halfway. I don't know if they're at the same time. They probably, I think the NFL will do that to maintain, you know, integrity. Um, Give me Detroit here to win. I think they got a bad taste in their mouths. They want to get back for that.
1: Yeah, I'll also touch on the call a little bit. I think this is just a nice little cap on, I won't say it's the worst officiated season I've ever seen, but I think it's definitely the most inconsistent. Um, It's been bad. On all fronts, it's just been like bad in that sense. Uh, I don't, uh, I, I do think, Campbell deciding to go for it that many times was based off emotion uh he like and he was kind of just riled up on the sideline like we could both see it so I think him going
0: for it going for it was set in stone like they knew no matter what they were taking it like they, they the seven the set seven, the seven yard I would have just played. kicked
1: the extra point though yeah so that
0: one that one I think was a little if you don't really get that very often right yeah. like five yard penalty I that one I'm I'm a little unsure just that's a weird situation but i think even still your percentages of taking it there uh with the time allotted it's still i think probably like 30 to 35
1: so versus like 40 to 45 so you know push comes yeah. to shove
0: really depends but
1: all right we'll yeah. move on we'll move on we kind of talked about a little bit there but um the jaguars and the titans Uh, I honestly don't want to see this Jaguars team in the playoffs this year. Like if I'm being completely honest based off just like, it's not even me being a hater. I just don't want to see them in the playoffs if they make it cool. Uh, but they're playing the Titans. I mean, the Titans don't have anything to play for this week, except like pride and and future jobs. And sometimes that gives you a weird enough scenario to pull off an upset. Um, and I like the Titans a lot of times in these, Spoiler situations because of how well Mike Vrabel has his team prepared. And then you factor in that the Titans have talent on both sides of the ball. I really like Will Levis. They've played some good teams, really tough this season. I honestly think Tennessee is about to ruin Jacksonville's playoff chances this week. Um, and the Jags are only favored by three and a half points. I mean, kind of tells you all you need to know. The odds makers aren't really, you know, too hot on them but give me, give me Tennessee. I I, I actually think they're going to do it this week. I, so, I mean, for the longest time,
0: I was so high on Jacksonville the entire year. I mean, I had them like 13 wins. I had them, dude, I had them in the NFC or AFC championship. I had them all the way to the Super Bowl. I had them. I, I mean, no one was higher on this team than I was and they were eight and three and one kick away from being the one seed. And then Trevor Lawrence, Get stepped on by his own teammate and that completely derailed them like I'm just so mad about that but despite all that they still have a chance to win the division and at least get a home playoff game which makes me mad because we're gonna have to play them so you know uh, I don't really want to see them there but I'll, I'll take Jacksonville I think they're playing for more and I think they just get it done at the last minute if, if Trevor doesn't play though I'll, I'll take Tennessee.
1: Well, uh, here's a game that absolutely no one cares about. It's the Jets and the Patriots. I mean this game is uh i it's just who's the less embarrassing team like it, it it's really all it is um but i'll I'll let you start here. I think I've gone first in the last couple of ones, so who you got um well, I think i, <laughs> I, think I went first on every it's okay
0: i'm gonna take the pats i'm gonna take the pats um. But if the like draft order wise, the Pats don't want to win. If they win, I think they're out of top three. So you don't necessarily. I, I think the Jets are six and ten. They're um. Or five and eleven. One of the no team. no they're
1: six they're six and ten.
0: Okay yeah so then yeah they're kind of firmly out of any top five. I I think the Pats will win though. That's
1: the problem. <laughs> like I think the Pats are a better team so. Yeah, again, both these teams are just looking ahead to the offseason. I mean, what does the future hold for the Pats with Bill Belichick, who's playing QB for the Pats in 2024? Uh, So, yeah, this game means nothing. But this could be the last game with the Pats for Bill Belichick, which would be really, really interesting if that's the case. But uh, give me New England, just basically off the strength of this potentially being Belichick's last game. That's literally all it comes down to for me. I honestly think the Pats aren't that bad. Like no, they've been record. they've been showing some fight lately. I I, I solid. Like they should have beaten Buffalo in my opinion too. Like they had four turnovers in the first quarter. Yeah. They should have beaten Buffalo, but oh well. All right, moving on the Falcons and the Saints. Uh I honestly can't predict the Saints like at all. Um and that level of unpredictability should make this a good game. Um if New Orleans wins this game, I mean, the NFC South is still up for grabs. Obviously, Derek Carr was brought in and paid a lot of money to make a division title happen again. The Falcons could be picking in the top 10, or they could be hosting a playoff game. Who knows? One way or another, I I think Atlanta's going to be making a change at QB. I I don't think they're far off from being the best team in the NFC South. That being said, the Saints are three and a half point favorites in this game at home. I'm going to pick them to win. I I think they find a way to get the job done here in the Dome. Yeah, give me New Orleans.
0: I swear every big NFC South match, but I swear we've been getting them so much lately. (laughs) has been um, the road team somehow winning. Like I'm telling you, that's just how it's been. Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Atlanta uh, Saints or like Atlanta, Tampa Bay. I mean, it's just been so weird. Um, And you're right, yeah, Atlanta could be in the top 10 or they could be hosting a playoff game at eight and nine. Um, Man, yeah, it could be Atlanta-Philly, which honestly would be an interesting matchup, but I don't think we'll see it. I'll take New Orleans here. And it sucks because, yeah, the Falcons, everyone thought they were pretty much a shoe-in to win this division at least, or like the Saints maybe. But yeah, if the Saints win this, they're not only in contention for the division, but they're in contention for wildcard as well. So um, Saints have multitude
1: of ways to get in. This one's a weird one, but I'll take the Saints too, I guess. Moving on, the Bucs and the Panthers will hit on the other NFC South matchup. I mean, the Bucs had a golden opportunity last week at home against the Saints, and they absolutely blew it. I, I mean, you know, that's that's all I could really say about last week. They they completely just lost it. Um, but now you're playing the Panthers. Can it be a get-right game to end the season? Who you got? Yeah, that was Baker's worst game as a Buck.
0: Um, I think if Baker wants any chance at that comeback player of the year, he's going to have to do well here. Um, I mean, could the Panthers somehow play spoiler as a two-win team who really hasn't shown any life? um, Somehow, some way, knock the Bucks out of the playoffs. I honestly think it's possible. Uh, If the Panthers are anywhere like plus six, six and a half, I would take it. Um, I think the Bucks find a way to get it done and Baker will be in the playoffs, which means Baker, Wentz, and the Browns
1: would all be in. That would be something for me. <laughs> yeah, Um. the Panthers are a team that's clearly at rock bottom. Um. So I do think the Bucks are going to get the win here. Um. Yeah, the the Panthers could play spoiler. It, it would definitely be a surprise given the way they've played this season. Last week, I predicted the Panthers to beat the Jags when it was announced that T-Law would be out and C.J. Beathard would be in, and they couldn't even beat C.J. Beathard. And uh, from seeing C.J. Beathard firsthand, if he can't beat him, then that's not good. So it would just require an epic collapse on the part of the Bucks to lose this one. Um, and you were wondering about the spread. Tampa Bay is considered six-point favorites right now. So, oh, Panthers I mean, plus six. That could be a good bet right there. But I'll I'll also roll with Tampa Bay. Uh, moving on, we'll move from the NFC South to the NFC North. This game between the Bears and Packers, honestly, I think it is the most underrated game on the entire schedule. Uh, it's not a situation where you know both teams are playing for the division title at you know the last second, but there's a lot at stake for both of these teams. Um, from the Packers' perspective, at least, this game is about making the playoffs, and doing so in year one of the Jordan Love era would be absolutely outstanding. Love has played really well over the course of this whole season, and. I think he's proven that he can be the franchise QB of the Packers. Green Bay, obviously fresh off of a dominating win over the Vikings, who are just injured beyond belief. And they have a chance to do this year what they couldn't last year, which is punch their ticket to the playoffs in the last week of the season. So I think it would almost be poetic for Green Bay to find a way to do that after the way the Aaron Rodgers era ended. Three-point favorites, Green Bay's three-point favorites – I'm going to pick the Packers to get the job done. I think it's going to be a pretty hard-fought game from both teams, but give me Green Bay to pull it out make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, you hit the nail on the coffin with this one. I I think this one is a really underrated one too. These are both teams that have looked pretty good over the last few weeks. And, yeah, ever since the Denver game, Jordan Love has looked – he's impressed me. Uh, There have been some throws that I've been really happy with. Um, And, yeah, as you said, the Packers are 8-8. exactly where they were last year and both times winning in last year they didn't do it this year i'll give it to them but i will say this so if chicago wins right if chicago wins they would be i i think they
1: would be third place Uh, maybe nine packers yeah i think they actually might be second
0: place I, i don't know how it works but i think chicago Right, your draft positioning is a little bit key here, just because like if you do trade out of the one, where do you want to be with your own pick? But here's the thing with Chicago: Chicago's looked like a playoff team over the last few weeks. Like they've been their defense. I'm not even kidding; has been top three, if not the best in the league. They Not Aberflus. He finally got the guys for his scheme, and now it's so working he's out. he's uh, he's going to retain his job, and I, I think rightfully so. Rightfully, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. And then Jordan Love earned himself a new contract again. I think rightfully so. So two teams who, you know, are happy and obviously, you know, this is one of the most historical NFL rivalries. So you never know. I mean, this game happened week one of a rather long season and uh, you know, Green Bay dismantle him there. You know, do we see Jordan love continue to own the division like Aaron Rodgers has, it would be pretty poetic
1: to see. So I'll go Green Bay. All right. Moving on the AFC West Broncos Raiders. Um, Neither of these teams have anything to play for except for pride. But I do think this is going to be, you know, one of the more hard fought games of the week, especially when you consider the coaching, you got Sean Payton who always has his guys ready against Antonio Pierce, who's still trying to make his case for being the Raiders head coach. NLV, who do you have? Yeah, I'm just going to say that
0: I'm taking the Raiders. They've owned Denver over the last like two years. And then yeah, AP is trying to keep his job we're seeing Harbaugh talks. Obviously, that would be very funny if you know Harbaugh comes and stinks it up like McDaniels, but I think Harbaugh has a little bit more of a reputation than McDaniels ever did as a head coach. And yeah, I mean, obviously, Antonio Pierce, whatever happens, I think he's earned himself an NFL spot somewhere. Uh, he's yeah. been phenomenal. The players love him. I'm sure he's going to get great recs all around, uh, and I think he's going to close
1: out at least his interim tenure with a win. So the Broncos have a chance to finish with a winning record for the first time since 2016. I mean, the Broncos have just been in the headlines all season from obviously getting dropped 70-20 in Miami to the winning streak to benching Russell Wilson last week. I mean, it really just hasn't been a seamless first year in Denver for Sean Payton, but with the way things were in Denver last season, I don't think anybody should have expected seamless You're right, the Broncos haven't beaten the Raiders in a while. Um, But you know what? I kind of have a feeling that Sean Payton is going to get this team to a winning record in his first year on the job. All right. So just off a gut feeling, I'll take Denver. I 100% think I'm going to switch this to LV based off momentum. But based off the gut, I'll I'll go with Denver. Moving on, Eagles-Giants. The Eagles, I mean (laughs) – yeah, they're 11-5 and five right now, which is obviously nothing to scoff at. But, I mean, just the way they've played this year has looked nothing like what we saw last year. And the Eagles just got beat by Jonathan Gannon, Kyler Murray, and the Cardinals. And to their credit, the Cardinals have come to play this season, and they've been much better than I thought. But the Eagles losing a game like that, like late in the season, playoff seeding at stake... I mean, it's just a really bad look for Nick Sirianni and that coaching staff. I mean, the Eagles don't play well on defense, really inconsistent on offense. I don't know what we're expecting out of this team going forward, but they're only favored by five and a half points on the road against the Giants. And the Giants have one of the worst offenses in the league this season. So that tells you all you need to know about the Eagles and the way they're playing right now. Nobody is you know, sticking their neck out for them at this point. Barring an unexpected tear from that Philly defense, I, I just think this team is poised for an early playoff exit in you know what should be a loaded NFC race. But that being said, I also think they're going to win this game. So give me the Eagles.
0: Yeah, I think Philly has looked disappointing in both their wins and their losses. I've been saying this all year. Like there's just not been right. they've not been right. Uh, I'm still a big Nick Sirianni guy. I'll continue to defend him. I just think he can get in his own way at times, saying stupid stuff. Like the stuff after the chiefs game why right you, you don't need to say all that um it yeah man i, I think philadelphia has been living on very a very thin edge and as you said i think it maybe does come apart early in the playoffs uh they no longer control their own destiny which for what it's worth seemed like they had all year and now they don't they started and pretty, 10 and
1: one like it's yeah i mean they're going to be the
0: five seed after starting 10 and one that's just really weird to me and that they were on the edge you know, ending kind of their, that hard streak. I think they just had to go through Dallas and SF even at 10 and three, you could have still gotten it. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, like some really disappointed losses and honestly, that giants game was really close. They were really close to letting that go. The giants have had two disappoint. I, I, I can't remember. I think the giants are five and 11, but yeah. I can name you three games that I 100% know off the top of my head. They should have won the Rams game last week. They should have hit the kick. Uh, the Eagles game and then the Bills game where it was like that stupid PI at the one yard line uh, to lose. So, you know, things just didn't go their way this year. Happens for a lot of teams. Um, I'll take the Eagles here, but I think it's going to be the same thing. I think they barely win or some something goes their way and they just, you know, find a way to
1: sweep the Giants. But as I've said all year, just not been impressed. All right. Seahawks Cardinals. Um, although this matchup is between an eight and eight seahawks team and a four and 12 cardinals team i'm actually really interested in this game um this afternoon slate as a whole is actually looking really good the cardinals obviously fresh off that win against philly this team is playing really hard this season for jonathan gannon they've beat dallas and philly so you have two signature wins this season um and although the cardinals have 12 losses i think you can you can we can both say that the future is pretty bright for this team as a whole And entering the season was hard to, you know, fathom that they could do that. I felt that the Cardinals had easily the worst roster in the entire NFL. And now I'm going to try to make amends uh, for those statements by predicting the Cardinals to win their final game of the year. The Hawks still have a lot on the line. um, But I also think that's going to kind of just like fuel Arizona in a way. The Hawks just got beat by the Steelers. They've been kind of just, been teetering on the hedges for the last handful of weeks of being eliminated so i think the cardinals are going to play spoiler here you head into the offseason with a great win against the eagles and a division win against seattle so give me arizona
0: i think arizona has more to gain from losing uh because of that pick so that's the only thing that's keeping me. because i think matchup wise arizona matches up pretty well they should have beaten Seattle the first time around. And as you said, Seattle's been teetering. man. They've been so lucky throughout the season. And I talked to a lot of Seahawks fans and it's just like, you know, I think the sensible ones should want to tank, but obviously they don't want to because they're like, oh, look, you know, we beat Philly and, you know, we're, we can make the playoffs and then do what, like, what are you going to do here? I mean, you're, you know, neither quarterback Locke or Gino is your future. And it's, Just a murky situation with Jamal Adams, right? You're going to have to pay DK. What does he want to do? Everything's kind of up in the air. Uh, I I think it's tough because it's like Seattle wins, and if Green Bay loses, they'd be in. But if Arizona wins, what happens with that pick? I don't think they're really thinking about that right now. Well,
1: no team really plays to lose especially with the Cardinals, yeah and they've i mean been like i think they're all kind all of year
0: locked year. in anyway into a top five pick i think arizona i'll pick arizona too just because i think they actually do have the pieces to beat seattle but i mean this is also such an easy way for seattle to get right i don't know it's on the road so i'll take arizona at home
1: all right moving on uh to a game that i don't really care about the chiefs and the chargers east and stick versus uh it's not There's Chad Henny. It's uh, Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. So, um, yeah, fascinating stuff. Give me the Chiefs. Thank God Chad Henny is retired. Thank <laughs> God.
0: The Browns killer. The Jags killer. Thank God he is just out of the picture. So no matter what, I know I won't have to play Chad Henney. That's, you wouldn't. No, no one would have thought I would have been talking about Chad Henney in 2024. But all my Browns fans know we are glad that we will not be seeing him. Uh, no matter what happens. All right. That being said, I'll man, I'll take the Chiefs too. I guess. I mean, like, there's. I don't know. I honestly, I think the Chargers can honestly win this play spoiler. It's at L.A.
1: It's gonna be okay. a Chiefs home game, though. Yeah. Whatever. It really doesn't matter. Big deal. This game is like meaningless. I think. Yeah. Chargers. Moving have on. For- moving on to another meaningless game. Um, Rams. Niners. Uh, whoa, Rams- whoa! Whoa!
0: Whoa! Whoa! Whoa!
1: Well, no. well, to one person it's meaningless, to the other it it's it means something. And I think it means something to the Cold Hard Truth brand as a whole. So, we'll put it that way. Uh the Rams have clinched a playoff spot this year. Uh I think they were totally deserving of one. Uh the Niners clinched the one seed. I thought they were totally deserving of that. Um You know how I feel about the Niners, but I mean honestly, I I kind of have a feeling the Rams are going to win this game in a meaningless a meaningless week 18 game. This is where Sean McVay gets his win over Kyle in the regular season. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think one more wake-up call before the playoffs. Give, give me the Rams.
0: ho! Oh, 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 oh. so it's going to be Wentz versus Darnold. Somehow, someway, we are getting this matchup. I don't think they've ever played each other. So this is awesome. <laughs> this is how it's going to be. Darnold, obviously, with a much more stacked roster. Uh, and Wentz going to be on the road. I will say this, Carson Wentz has never lost to Kyle Shanahan as a starter. So for that reason, and since this will probably be the last time in my life I will ever get to pick Carson Wentz to win a game, I am taking the LA Rams. Uh, The only problem is I'm probably gonna be going to this game with my good old buddy Shreekar right here. And last time I went to to a Niners game, (laughs) I was wearing a Baker Mayfield jersey and sorrowly walking my way down a 31 to three defeat. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I have no Carson Wentz Jersey,
1: so I won't be rocking that. Maybe I'll bring that signed helmet. I have of his, but um. one more game before we get to the big Sunday nighter, it's the Cowboys and commanders Uh, controversy or not. I mean, the Cowboys have effectively proven to me in recent weeks that they are legit contenders in the NFC. I think they're going to put one last exclamation point on this season in this game against the commanders. Um, I mean, I don't know what direction the Commanders are going to go. Uh, major question marks at head coach, at quarterback. Nothing new for this franchise. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just don't know. It's a, it's a directionless kind of place to be in. And the, the Commanders as a whole, just this season, haven't been that interesting. The whole second half of the year. So, yeah, I think they're going to get dragged. Give, g- give me the Cowboys. Okay. Two notes. One, yeah, the Commanders were four and four at one point, or four and five.
0: Looking okay. I mean, I remember Streak was pretty high on them when they were. Like- I was high
1: on them going into that Bills game. Yeah. And then, then they got, got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, man. The commanders, I think, out of all these lower win teams, very directionless. I'll agree with you there. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm gonna pick the Cowboys to kill him, but I will put in this note out there. Last year, the season finale, Sam Howell's first game, they hung up twenty-six and they only gave up six, and Dallas was still playing for something for the division, so Um, yeah, that being said, I think Dallas will still smack
1: them. All right, here we go. Bills Dolphins, um, winner take all game for the NFC or AFC East. Uh, the bills have obviously taken care of business. You win four straight after falling to six and six. And this winning streak has included some really good teams. You look at the chiefs, um, they dominated the Cowboys, you know, the bills aren't perfect, but they're a dangerous team right now. And they're catching the dolphins at, maybe the best time because the dolphins are down bad they just got embarrassed against the ravens um, the ravens dropped 56 on them and miami also just lost bradley chubb to add insult to injury or injury to insult i mean miami's whole operation has just not been clean over the last month or so and even with a great win over a team like dallas a couple weeks ago i i just don't have nearly as much confidence in this team now as i did earlier in the year um, You still have one of the most you know, explosive and dynamic offenses in the league. I think the Bills can hang with them, though. The Bills are three-point favorites, and I think it's spot on. I think the Dolphins are going to lose this game. I think the Bills are going to take the division. Like I said, whenever we did the podcast where we were discussing who was going to win the AFC East, give me Buffalo.
0: I, I can't believe the bills are somehow, if they win this are going to be the two seed. That makes me so angry. like that the Browns one hundred percent should be a higher seed than them, but whatever, so annoying. That makes me so mad. anyway, yeah, and the fact that Miami's so injured, it's like here here's the thing though. Miami, their whole narrative, right? They're they're they they can't beat a winning team. I think the bigger thing with them is they're so much better at home than they are on the road. But then they also lost to the Titans at home. They but, lost the Titans, yeah. Oh, man, I feel like this is just the game that Miami somehow wins, though. And like, I mean, the Bills have also been just hanging on a, on a on a thin edge at least against Buff or the Chargers and the Pats. Uh, oh, I'm really feeling a Miami upset here. All I right. think it was just crazy. I, I think if they, so here's the thing, at least with what I've picked, I think I picked Pittsburgh and I picked Jacksonville and I picked Miami. My scenario would have the bills out of the playoffs, by the way. That's crazy. But yeah, I mean, that one probably will change. I don't know, man. I, I we will see. I mean, you know, I as a Browns fan, obviously I'd probably want the bills to be out. <laughs> um, But the other side is they could also beat baltimore right as a sixth seed and then we can host them for the uh for the afc we'll see man i mean you know we'll we'll just tackle it like that i'm just so excited you know this is like the first time in three years that football has been meaningful at least to me like in terms of who i get to root for at this time of the year so it's been a long time man like i mean streak's been what to the playoffs like five straight i swear like four out of the five years yeah 2020 was the only one you guys didn't go so yeah. that was the one year we went so yeah i mean for you this is nothing but for me man i'm just so happy i mean everyone asks me about it like damn flacco how's it been and i'm just like dude it's, it's just i'm just happy to be here honestly um but yeah I'm ho- i hope you guys are happy to be here too watching us um that being said thank you guys so much for listening we've been the cold hard truth nfl podcast we will see you guys next time